I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Billboard Chart Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. This is where we look at why what's on the charts is on the charts. Did you have a super week, super weekend? It's already rolling his eyes. Because um, I, I knew it was coming. And <laughs> I, it's not, the, like, not even that I'm a Rams fan or anything like that. I just didn't want this to happen because I didn't want to sit through this again. It was so nice last year not having to hear any of this talk. Yeah, well, it's 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 a it's been a good time to be a Boston sports fan for for a while uh, for for most of the the two thousands with the Patriots and the Red Sox, Bruins and Celtics too. But I I know everyone uh, outside of, of Boston, certainly here in New York, hates Boston sports, Boston sports fans. But uh, it, right before that, there was a really long spell where Boston didn't win anything. So growing up in the 80s, the Celtics won for a few years. I got used to it. But then uh, between 86 and the Patriots' first win in 2002, uh, Boston didn't win anything at all. Uh, Boston held a a rally once at City Hall in in 2001 after uh, Ray Bork won the Stanley Cup for another team. He left the Bruins and won in Colorado. That's all there was to celebrate in Boston. So as much as there's been all this winning, there was uh, was a lot of It was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like so like attached to the city that we got an adjacent celebration. He he played the for, Bruins didn't win. Yeah, he he but he played for the Bruins for 21 years. They traded him, and then the next season he won with the Avalanche. And and we uh, say, give me some of that. We just we, we needed something. We needed a reason to celebrate. We figured out it's as close as we're gonna Ooh, get. Child, if only if only we knew what yeah. what God had in store. Six round pick goes all the way. Yeah, in case you didn't. Yeah, in case you missed it. You didn't miss much, I guess, is, is probably the best the best way to put it. Which is probably the worst thing about this, because it was the worst game probably ever. Lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. And somehow, you know, we still have to hear about all this Tom Brady, GOAT, Patriots, awesome, killed. You know, even on the suckiest games, we still pull out a W. It's just like, I mean, whether it's a blowout or a, you know, like barely a fizzle, we still have to hear about it all year. I thought I'd try to get a little sympathy by saying that Boston hadn't won for a long time, but no. Well, you guess sh- it doesn't help. You sure made up for it uh, rather quickly, yeah. which, to be fair, really impressive. But 
still annoying. The, even, I think even in New York, I think they're, they're starting to like uh, Boston. When I was walking into the building yesterday, uh, there was a guy facing me wearing a Red Sox cap. And I heard coming out of a restaurant, you got it the right stuff by New Kids on the Block from Boston. I think New York is starting to like Boston. I imagine he was just a Boston transplant or some sort of spy. Don't think, don't Man. think it's quite going to hold on. All right. Uh, this week, we're continuing Grammy Awards talk. Uh, last week, we had our guests Paul Grine and Andrew Unterberger on. Uh, we started uh, talking a lot about uh, the Grammys. We got into uh, Best New Artist and Album of the Year. So we're going to pick that up this year with some of the other categories. Uh, also, another special guest coming up uh, to wrap up the show. We've had her on the podcast before, our friend Tiffany. It's a chart anniversary 30 years ago this week. She was having one of her biggest hits. So we're going to talk to her about that. I'm just thinking, Trevor, Drake is considered the sixth god. Shouldn't Tom Brady not be the sixth god? He's got a sixth title. No. No, 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 no. Can't to be two. Jordan, I mean, Jordan's got six. You know, isn't Jordan the sixth god in that case? We're going to be godding people around? All right. uh, this week's top ten, let's get to the Billboard Hot 100, going from someone with six rings to someone with seven. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Two, one. Number 10. I play with this kitty like you play with your guitar. Cause girls like girls like you, guys like me. So now when I come through, I need a girl like you. Yeah, yeah, girls like you, love Number 9. It's a moment when I show up, God, I'm saying wow. Honey, bands in my pocket, it's on me. Yeah, your grandma more probably know me. Number eight. Number seven. Number six. Look at what you taught me. Yeah, boy, that I think. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Number five. Yeah. 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 Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame here in sickle mode. Number four. I just poured something in my cup. I've been wanting something I can feel Promise I am never letting up Money in your phone will make you real. Number three Then you're left in the dust Unless I stuck by ya you. You're a sunflower I think your love will be too much Or you'll be left in the dust Number two So you can take advantage of me Number one. All right, so uh, 
last week we were talking Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande. Seems like there's a third name in the mix. Ariane Grande? Ariane Grande? If you didn't see, there's a there's a TMZ tweet this week talking about Ariana and how she is being sued over the Goddess Woman video. And they spelled her name as A-R-I-A-N-E. And Ariana, you know, re- quote tweeted that and said, who Ariane? And so, oddly enough, TMZ has left that tweet up. So I guess, you know, you kind of capitalize on the exposure or whatever. So while we're talking about the eight different ways to say her name, I guess. Uh, Maybe the song should be called Seven Names, not Seven Rings. Okay. okay there's, there's remix potential there. You know, this is, Gary, you were like, you were, you were like perfect on the jokes. And I think that might be the first uh, in- incomplete. All right, but regardless of, of who she is, we know where she is. That's number one on the Hot 100 for a second week with the song Seven Rings. Uh, last week we saw that it broke the record for the most streams by a female artist in one week. This week, no surprise that it takes a dip in streaming after that huge debut, but still number one on the chart. 63.2 million streams for the week. Radio kicking up really quickly. Already top 10 on the mainstream top 40 that's for that's for those industry for the kids out there you may know it as the pop songs chart still top 10 already has another top 10 thank you next number two this week it already been number one so ariana is really eating up pop radio at this point it's really her playground and everyone else is playing for second uh it's her fastest rising top 10 on pop songs which uh you might think is kind of surprising because she's had really huge uh, top 40 radio hits before from a problem and, and so many others but uh for this one to be the quickest i i still think it's a little surprising but uh because it's it's such a such a, an, an odd song for top 40 with the my favorite things reworking uh like again it just shows to uh the unquestioned level she's at at this point Y'all are so hung up on this fact that it's like my favorite things is like as if it's like a like some sort of I don't know hymn that is hard. I mean, it's literally like a like a song written by people who write pop music. Yeah, but when was the last time you heard it on pop radio? I mean, it's, it, I mean, probably never. But I, I just feel it just like everyone's like like I can't believe she made like is it is it that is it that hard to to to, to I mean in, in in the era where we are now where everything is sampled. Everything is reworked. Everything is turned upside down. Is it that? Is it, it that far fetched? To no, I, I guess not. It keeps going back uh, with me to. Rich I'm obviously Girl. leading. A, it's obviously a question that I, you know, have a strong answer on. So I'm kind of leading yeah. it that way. But. but well, Rich Girl, Gwen Stefani. That's what I keep thinking of. A song from Fiddler on the Roof. You just never would have expected to hear on pop radio and. Uh, been a hit now for over a decade. So, uh, yeah, done the right way. Obviously, yes, these songs are, are really uh, catchy. So, uh, if you can make it work, uh, they both did. And the big mover of the week has got to be J. Cole with the song Middle Child. The song came out January 23rd. So it had a little bit of activity in last week's tracking week uh, for the fine print. The sales streaming tracking week for the Hot 100 runs on a Friday to Thursday schedule. So when you put out a song not on a Friday, it always gets that partial week. May debut, may not, depending on how much it does in that little window J. Cole, obviously superstar, did plenty to get on that chart that week. Debuted at number 26 last week. Now with its first full seven days under its belt, song shoots up to number four this week on the Hot 100, pulling 54.4 million streams. No surprise there. As we've seen for years, the rap acts can just pull just these out-of-the-box numbers from streaming just seemingly at will at this point. So, uh, yeah, J. Cole back in the uh, top 10 of the Hot 100. For those keeping track of J. Cole's personal resume, number four 
is as high as we've seen him ever on the Hot 100. So we saw him get three top tens in the same week with his last album, K.O.D., when that came out last year. The highest was number six for ATM. So now we're up to number four with Middle Child. So big week for J. Cole and his Hot 100 resume. I'm not done talking about Brady. Ooh, yeah, we are. We are. We are. We well, are. We are. We well, are. Maybe Tom Brady, but the song is called Middle Child. We got to talk about this Brady. Well, all I hear all day long at school is how great Marsha is at this or how wonderful Marsha did that. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. You know, that's only uh, that's the only time Jen ever said that on the show. Everyone thinks it's like a catchphrase. She said it all the time. She said it once in one episode. It's actually a great some little dumb montage somebody used to do. Where it's like, at some point, yeah, it was the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. And then there's Cindy saying, Jan, 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 in some other episode. Yeah. And then there's Marsha looking in the mirror at herself. <laughs> and she just says, ugly, ugly, <laughs> ugly. That I thought, I mean, that may be like the little trend line of the Brady Bunch that no one saw coming. Well, how about this one? Mama, she's teasing me again. How many times have I told you not to fight with your sister? But she started it. Only she never gets yelled at. Everybody loves Moisha. Moisha, Moisha, Moisha. RuPaul from a very Brady sequel. I, I was like, I, kn- I know RuPaul's not that old to be in, in the damn 70s talking about, okay. Yeah. All right, so we're done talking Tom Brady. We're not quite done talking Super Bowl yet. In particular, the halftime entertainment Maroon 5 with special guests Travis Scott and Big Boy. One special guest that people were lamenting was not in attendance. Cardi B, unfortunately, did not make it out. So there was no sort of official Girls Like You, the one that we've seen dominate the charts seven weeks at number one last year, and still in the top 10 of the Hot 100 this week. So making a 32nd week in the top 10 that actually ties Leanne Rhymes' How Do I Live and the Chainsmokers closer for the second best run in the top 10. All time in the Hot 100's history, only one song has had more than 32 weeks. That would be, no surprise, 33 weeks, Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. And of course, Maroon 5, having been on the biggest entertainment stage in the past week, you'd have to think those sales, those streams are going up. Seems like a good bet that Girls Like You will, will certainly, I would think, tie that record next week. Can it hold on for two more weeks and break the record? That's, that's the one we're going to see. You, you would think so, but it feels like their performance was uh, not quite well received uh, all around. Or, or am I just uh, following uh, sarcastic Twitter? I mean, I guess well, I guess that's, that, that the phrasing is so key there. Not well received doesn't mean it was badly received. Yeah. I think everybody just kind of, you know, OK, they, they did it, you know, not mem- not necessarily memorable, but not a disaster. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm, like it's like a fact. Maroon 5 performed the halftime show. The joke I saw was that. The teams are playing like they knew the winner had to go to the White House, but uh, okay, okay, which whichever whichever way you want to take it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it should obviously uh, help uh, streams and sales. So uh, yeah, we'll see if we can tie uh, the record next week. Uh, it's sort of weird how I, I'll mention the Patriots one more time. They they've been winning uh, Super Bowls now since uh, the early two thousands, two thousand one, two thousand two, and number one on the Billboard two hundred this week. It's a group who hadn't been at number one since December 2000. Backstreet's back. Backstreet Boys DNA debuts at number one on the Billboard 200. It's their third number one. And yeah, first since December 2000. 
So uh, 18 years ago, wondering, uh, it was Patriots talk, it was saying how uh, Brady's the, the only player left, obviously, from, from those original teams. But uh, how different was the Billboard 200 18 years ago when the Backstreet Boys were, were last number one? So uh, went back to that last week, December 16th, 2000, black and blue, Backstreet Boys were number one. This is how long ago it was, Trevor, 18 years ago. Some, some group called the Beatles were number two. Anybody heard of them since? For a little sonic time machine for you. Uh, recapping what you just heard, for those of you who, who may have been too young to, which makes me feel really old if you don't know those songs, but... There's a first in the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Trevor's age is showing. Uh, number 10, that was from the album No Strings Attached by NSYNC, so not letting the Backstreet Boys have all the shine. NSYNC, the other massive boy band at the time in the top 10 there. Number 9... TP2.com from R. Kelly, number eight. Um, another just absolute megastar of that era. Oops, I did it again by Britney Spears. Number seven. This is this is this is the first one that makes me really like. Oh yeah, this was a time and place. Chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water by Limp Biscuit. Number six. We got Lovers Rock by Sade. So, so Sade come at, you know come out in the 1980s, but still. Very respected, 15 years in her career to have that. Number five, Greatest Hits by Tim McGraw. Number four, Human Clay by Creed. That, of course, includes the all-time classic with arms wide open. Number three, um, not actually a song from that album, but actually a now five track. So now it was only five albums in back in 2000, and now we're talking nearly 70 of those. So that's a franchise that, you know, through, through Napster, through the streaming era, through iTunes, now has persevered and survived and, you know, safe to say thrived. That's a, a good way to look at it. The, the Backstreet Boys went 64 Now albums between number ones. And as Gary mentioned, number two is one uh, by the Beatles. That track, obviously, not a new track, but Greatest Hits Collection. 
from them. And yeah, number one, Shape of My Heart and The Call yeah. from the Black and Blue album. Fantastic by Backstreet Boys. Yeah, uh, I thought looking back, it might be a little, wow, we've never heard of any of these acts since, but a lot of big names in there. So obviously the Beatles, Tim McGraw still going strong, Sade still very respected, Britney basically ageless, uh, Sync still beloved. Yeah, I mean, all those feel like, yeah, hit makers with big hits. Uh, I mean, I remember that Backstreet Boys album, too, and I think that was the one they did, like, that tour where they went, like, around, like, to all the continents or something in, like, 55 hours to try and promote it. But something that seems so, like, just of that TRL moment where it was live crowds and you wanted to see them all together. I can't imagine anybody, you know, now having so digital that you don't really need to go see people per se. They would, you know, I'm sure they'd drop some sort of special videos and teasers or whatever. But that kind of promo blitz where you're literally hitting up every continent in, in just over two days or whatnot. That That's like just such a TRL hallmark. It just feels like, ah, uh, who remembers how good 2000 was? Yeah, that's how you had to reach people back then. You actually had, you actually had to go see them in person. There was no other way. Actually, uh, if we just go beyond the top 10, there's, uh, it's number 12. There's one act that's very 2000. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Who? wondering who let the dogs out right 18 years later after all this time we still don't know it's kind of like the you're so vain question or some of these enduring music mysteries all right uh let's get back to grammy's talk again last week we uh, talked top new artist and album of the year with our guests uh chartbeat founder paul grind back in 1981 founded the chartbeat column and billboard.com senior editor andrew unterberger uh this week, we're going to go into Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Pop Solo Performance. We'll get into all that for the Grammy Awards coming up Sunday, February 10th. So uh, more Grammy talk coming up on the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Tell me something, boy Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? I'm falling All right, we're talking Grammys again. Andrew Unterberger from Billboard's edit staff is here. Paul Grine back uh, as well in our LA office uh, joining us. Paul, thank you so much for coming back. Andrew, too. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. 
All right. Uh, so last week uh, we talked uh, some overall uh, Grammy big picture stuff. Uh, wound up talking a lot about Album of the Year uh, nominees, Best New Artist. Uh, we didn't get to uh, a couple of uh, the other uh, big ones uh, in the big four, Record and Song of the Year. Let's start with Record. All right. So this is for the artists. I'll run them down. Uh, I Like It, Cardi B, Bad Bunny, and J Balvin. The Joke, Brandy Carlisle. This is America, Childish Gambino. God's Plan by Drake. Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. All the Stars by Kendrick and SZA, Rockstar Post Malone featuring 21 Savage, and The Middle, Zed, Baron Morris, and Gray. Again, eight nominees. I kind of forget what I said at the beginning of all that. <laughs> yes. Where do we even start, Paul? Well, there are five hip-hop entries, four of which were entered in Best Rap Sung Performance, and then also Drake's God's Plan, which is in that same sort of rap-pop crossover mold uh and i i i i just think those five will split the vote and which works to the advantage of uh the joke and um shallow and the middle the three that aren't in that uh hip-hop world i'm i'm thinking shallow uh, the movie has been such a success gaga has a 10-year history of success and uh respect and uh, so I'll go with Shallow, but The Middle is also obviously a very strong record. I think it's th- those are my top two. You mentioned uh, last year, Paul, I think the big point you made when uh, we had John last year was talking about how much uh, tradition is a big part of Grammy votes. And when you do something that is an ode to the past, that can uh, be such an in for Grammy voters. So uh, I like it, obviously, would be uh, in that category. But as you're saying, uh, maybe just too much competition among other songs that are in the same genre. I like I like it a lot. It, uh, obviously, it was the number one record. It, it's an interesting mix of pop and rap and Latin, a touch of Latin. So it's in the mix, uh, very much so, uh, as is This Is America and All the Stars is a great record. Um, I just don't know how many ways you can divide the rap vote and still win. It's... Uh, the committee needs to be more cognizant of the concept of splitting the vote. I like it. Interesting to me because I guess last year, um, I know I I felt Despacito was, you know, a, a pretty clear front runner uh, for yes. record of the year just based on not only the chart performance but of course the the fusion that it brought and I mean how big it was to to unite Spanish and English and all that and I wonder. Part of me initially thought that I like it might sort of benefit from the fact that Despacito didn't win if there's sort of a, a re-up mm-hmm. of of fans of the Latin music wanting to make another case for that. I don't think it's quite as strong a record just in terms of cultural impact and and that overall, but I'm, I'm wondering if that might play into its favor um, to separate it from the hip-hop nominees in a way that I don't know if Invasion of Privacy necessarily as an album stands out from the others. But um, to that point, I... I, I I would love if I like it one. I think it's I think in terms of what a record is supposed to be in, in the production and, and just the, the smoothness of it, it's awesome. All the stars I agree is actually a really great record. I think unfortunately, especially in the film categories, it's been in the shadow of shallow and I, I can't see it overtaking it at the Grammys all of a sudden when it feels like the Golden Globe and I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure the Oscar is going to it and all the Critics Choice Awards. So hmm. I for some reason I feel like people have it in their mind that 
All the Stars just is not a better record than Shallow based on all these other results. So I think that's going to kind of hurt Kendrick and SZA there. But well, yeah. the, the interesting thing here uh, is the always you know debatable distinction between record and song of the year, right? Because I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm sort of getting ahead of myself here, but I, I think that Shallow for song of the year is is as close to a, to a no doubter as we have in these four categories. But for record of the year, I mean, you know, when when you when you usually you know break it down between those two categories, you think of song of the year as being the more traditional kind of verse chorus song, like uh, you know more of a singer songwriter sort of award, uh, and more of a traditional pop sort of award. Uh, but when you think of record of the year, you think you know you you, you would at least uh, hope that people would be taking into account you know production elements, uh, you know more of the, the the rhythm of the song, the the interesting things that it's doing musically. And Shallow has a little bit of that, but for the most part, it's a fairly straightforward song production-wise. Uh, it's a pop rock song. So I, I would think that Shallow has a better chance in song than Record of the Year. But Record of the Year, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about whether or not the, the, you know, the, the Voting Academy even really cares enough to break it down that, fi- that finely. It's, it's possible that they just say, oh, you know, Shallow, that's, that's, a, you know, that's a song I like, and they'll vote it for both. And you know, plenty of songs have won both before. It wouldn't be unprecedented. But I, I do think that it, for the for that reason, I'm a little bit less confident picking in record of the year. I could really see all eight of these songs winning. This is this is by far the hardest category for me to pick. I think when I had to make my official pick for Billboard, I actually went with uh, with Rockstar by Post Malone and Twenty One Savage, Ooh. which mm-hmm. and, and that might have just been a, a kind of like wanting to get ahead of of, of the inevitable there. Like I, I feel like we're almost. The, the way that the discourse is going, and the, I don't know whatever you want to say, the way the country is going, or whatever, like it feels like we're almost bound to have one of these major awards go to Post Malone and, and have to deal with the fallout from that. Uh, this is the one that makes the most sense to me, and you know, it, it, it is, I think, a great record. I think, it, and, and it certainly has the, you know, it had the popularity and the sort of uh, omnipresence that a record of the year winner should have, and it feels very, very much like a record from 2018. So. Post Malone's, you know, occasional you know, foot and foot and mouth in this aside, it, it, it seems like an album or, or sort of it seems like a song that should be in contention. Now that I think about it a little bit more objectively and less emotionally, I, I, I think I, I also am sort of leaning towards I like it uh, I, I, for the reasons that, that Trevor mentions and just because it's, 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 it's a song that everybody likes. And, and, and you're right that it has enough, enough about it that kind of stands out from the pack that I don't think it's necessarily as prone to vote splitting. Uh, and I also think that uh, that this is America's a strong contender for, for sort of the same reason. I mean, you, you want to call it a rap song, and it sort of is, but it's also it's 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 also you know got kind of spoken word elements to it, and it's got international elements to it, and it's it's very much a one of a kind sort of song and a one of a kind sort of hit for 2018. And the fact that it's as divisive as it is, uh, I think, actually helps it in this category because it, you know you can't cast a negative vote for it. You, but if you feel strongly about it, then then it might. It might Elevate from the Drakes and Post Malones of the, of the rest of the category for you. So I, I think those are the three songs that I'm most looking at. Shallow too, but uh, if I had to pick one today, I would say it's a, I, would, I would go with Cardi. Cardi, then not uh, Rockstar. Yeah, no, I, I'm switching my official pick to, to Cardi. But you know, breaking news, I, I convinced him. Wow, yeah, yeah. But but Rockstar, I think, is still very much in the mix, and and you know, pull your I breath could say that something one. that'll that'll throw you into confusion even further. Go for it. Uh, I like it was passed over for a nomination for best rap sung performance. It was eligible and entered, uh, but it didn't get nominated. Whereas this is America. All the stars and Rockstar are all nominated for rap song well, performance. Could, could that just be that? Now, it could the, flip, the, yeah. and you know, a broader voting public could go with I like it. it, it but it's, it ought to at least give you pause. 
for for God's plan, I think it's just a matter of there were three just unbelievably massive Drake songs last year, and I, you know God's plan was the first of the bunch, but it, it, it sort of feels almost like a different year at this point. I, you know, it, it was it was so heavily supplanted by the the next two, and especially in my feelings and, and sort of the public memory that even even though it's maybe the most uh, you know Grammy ready of the three songs, I don't think it's the one that would have the best chance of winning. I I think Nice for What, if that had been in, would have shifted the conversation maybe. for sure. Um, I mean, Lauren Hill, throwback Grammy favorite, such and such. Um, probably the most inventive of those songs, the bounce flavor that comes into it. In my feelings, would have been cute. I don't think really. I, I think it's a cute song. I don't think people really think it. That is a serious song, but yeah, God's plan. I think to Andrew's point is kind of, I don't know. I mean, like, like you know, it was a big hit. You know, it existed at a, at a place in time, but it doesn't necessarily command the same sort of authority, I guess, in a way that I like it or some of these other, or This Is America. Certainly, those kind of songs do this. There's not the same kind of weight and importance, I guess, mm-hmm. on that song yeah. than than the others. Yeah. The middle. Any thoughts on that? It's got a chance. I mean, uh, everyone likes that song. I, I don't think I've um, maybe not everybody, but uh, th- th- that that's one of those songs that just lived on the radio forever, and you know, people never seem to really get sick of it. Uh, if you're talking about kind of the big cultural and musical themes of 2018, I don't think that song plays a huge part in the discussion. But again, you know, when when you're talking about crossing over from the dance world and the country world, that's a lot of uh, voting blocks represented there. So it's got a chance for sure. Could be some backlash on that. It could uh, just invite. Uh, how'd you pick this song? It yeah. didn't uh, make that same uh, impact. It just sort of a turntable hit. But I mean, to what Paul's saying, it, you know, if the vote splitting goes so many ways, it could just you know eke out a an eighteen percent win. And yeah, yeah, yeah Paul, that's I, enough. I'm, I'm curious, Paul. Are, are there any songs that you would just rule out of this category categorically? Like, is, is there anything that you think has a like a close to negligible or zero chance of winning? In record, in record, um, I don't think Rockstar will win. Okay. Um, that's about the only one that I that I would absolutely rule out. I don't think God's plan will win. It the video was uh, very endearing, but I think the song itself, the record, is somewhat ordinary. I agree that that Drake's subsequent number one records were more interesting, had more, and I think God's plan will suffer a bit when you compare. It's not as consequential obviously as this is america it's not as entertaining as i like it which is uh, you know a very vibrant interesting record but uh, for the most part yes this could go any number of different ways uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with shallow on the strength of the movie and gaga's history she shallow. was nominated here for poker face for record and song at the outset of her career and um you know, who knew back then? Who knew that she would be an Oscar nominee for Best Actress? I would never bet on that in a million years. She was very much at the beginning in the shadow of Madonna, who never had anywhere near this level of success in film. Don't let Madonna hear you say that. <laughs> I think those box office receipts will uh, will prove that. Um, yeah, I, I agree that Shallow, I think, is the biggest record for sure. Um, there's one on the table who's, you know, again, kind of, the, the dark horse of the pack in, in some ways, at least commercially, that's Brandy Carlisle once again mm-hmm. with the joke. It's very, very rare that a song that isn't a major commercial hit even gets nominated for Record of the Year, much less wins. I, I can't remember the last one that won that wasn't a, a major crossover hit. I mean, I guess maybe, what, Please Read the Letter or something? Oh, yeah, sure. Of, yeah. Uh, from Raising Sand, yeah. That makes sense. Which is probably about 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this category has really been friendly to to a lot of the, the big number one, top five hits. Mm-hmm. It's a pop um, category for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just for you. Oh, I don't work out. I can't 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 work out. I
you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Some of the same songs for Song of the Year, which again goes to the songwriter or songwriters. I'm not going to name them all because there's a lot of uh, writers here, but song titles are uh, All the Stars, Boot Up, God's Plan, In My Blood, uh, performed by Shawn Mendes, The Joke, The Middle, Shallow, and This Is America. So th- that's where I put This Is America. Just if we're going to base it on uh, impact of, of song, uh, I, I think it may be too divisive for a lot of people, but in terms of a song that actually uh, stops in your tracks and you really listen to the message. I think that's the one song that totally stands up. Not saying it's it's going to win, mm-hmm. but I feel like it really stands out on that level. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that it's it's, it's as de- deserving a nominee as any of them. Certainly, uh, I, I. But you know, as I mentioned already, I think this is shallow's category to lose. It's 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 a very it's a very dead center sort of nominee for this category. And if you look other other songs that have won in the past, and you know, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's track record of you know. As uh, you know, in in the film circles where this is already kind of gobbling up every music-related award that that is available to him, uh, I, I I I would say this is not one to bet against. I think this is this is this is as clear front runners we're going to get in these four categories. And it feels like a song that, you know, it's a it's a pop song and it does something kind of unique that that I think the, the chorus is something that you really haven't heard before in terms of songwriting, in terms of mm-hmm. like the actual words that are used and. You know, even when you sing it, you know, you 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 sort of recognize how 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 big and how fun it is to sing in terms of, you know, it, it's poetic but not so strange or weird that it's unrelatable. And I mean, I think people, um, you know, Gaga in particular has been very very prominent about uh, how proud she is to be a songwriter, uh, uh, not just a singer. So I think those kind of factors will also play into it that she's prided herself for being a songwriter for so long. And as Andrew said. It feels like that domino effect of winning, you know, its best original song here and there and everywhere. It makes people sort of, you know, come to terms with, yes, this is a great song. This this has to be a great song. Well, I agree. It's unanimous. I I, <laughs> I think this is the easiest pick of the big four categories. And I, I agree it can't really be anything but shallow. Interestingly, uh, six of the eight nominees for Song of the Year are also nominated for Record of the Year, which is more overlap than they usually have. Um, I think probably all your listeners know that Record of the Year goes to the artist and producer and is for a specific recording of a song. And Song of the Year goes to the songwriters just for the song itself, you know, the music and lyrics without any production. or uh, It's hard to separate the two. It's hard to really carefully isolate. Do it now. Am I liking the record or am I liking the song? Usually, you like both or neither. But um, yeah, this is shallow's year. Uh, Paul, curious what you think about the two songs in this category that are not nominated for Record of the Year, which are "Boot Up," uh, performed by LMA, and "In My Blood," performed by Shawn Mendes. And what what do you think made them? Um, acceptable in this category and not in, say, Record of the Year? I don't understand why they're not in Record of the Year. They're both in, They're both great records. I think it's a real credit to Shawn Mendes because we talked uh, last week about how the Grammys try to avoid mainstream pop, or it seems like they do, in the big four categories. They're more they're looking for hip hop. They're looking for maybe country or Americana and mainstream pop like Ed Sheeran last year and Ariana and Camilla this year. 
sometimes is at a disadvantage. You know, it's seen as maybe people subtly, subconsciously look down their nose at mainstream pop. And uh, so it's a real credit to Sean to get a Song of the Year nomination. He showed growth here, obviously. It's more mature. It's more uh, deeply felt than his past hits, though I thought all those were all great, too. It, I think this is, in part, a recognition not just of this song, but of, of his um, you know, several years of consistent success and, and hit-making. Uh, and Boot Up is a great song. It's one of the biggest non-hip-hop R&B records in years. It's still, uh, uh, you know, it's a, great, it's a great record, too. So Childish Gambino up for record and song once again this year? Got shut out last year. Is it going to go 0 for 2 again? Yeah, we, we probably should say that Donald Glover in general uh, has certainly become an awards magnet in the last two calendar years and uh it would it would be foolish to write him off entirely uh for that reason and because this is america was such an explosive song and you know certainly every everybody who's voting will be aware of that song which is not you know i'm not sure if all of the voting members will be intimately familiar with sean mendes's in my blood but everybody knows this is america and everybody probably has an opinion on it so uh, we'll see i mean uh it would not shock me to, to see him take the podium for one of the two awards but uh i, I would say he probably has i think a he's certain record. to win for best short form music video that's true that's and i do think the music video is is where he's strongest i mean that is it's one of the most impactful music videos i've ever seen i think it's more of a, a video the the song and record on their own, without if you if there was no no video, you'd never seen that. I don't think it would be up for these two awards. I think it's there because that video is shattering. It reminds you of the video. It'll be interesting to see if they televise the the video award this year, just just to, you know because mm. because he's an obvious front runner yes. for it, and he'll probably yes. get, you know probably go to the podium for it. If so, that you that think might be like a, a Grammy producer. <laughs> that they they should if they're not already planning mm-hmm. to do it, they should because he's sure to win for a, a really great music video. And I remember a couple of years ago when Beyonce was was in contention for Lemonade, and she won. Uh, I can't remember best R and B album, best urban contemporary album. Uh, a lot of people took that as a sign that she probably wasn't going to win in one of the major categories because they felt they had to get that category in there to, to get her sure, on stage. To get her on stage, yeah. and so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they do the same thing with Donald Glover. And yeah, at times they've done you know. Certain certain quote unquote random categories, uh, best musical theater album sure. has been up there a couple times, especially when Hamilton was going to win uh, comedy album with Dave Chappelle. I think last year, maybe two years ago, um, you know, an award that you would never really have on TV, but of course Dave yeah. Chappelle is going to win. So They're in the building, may as well get him up there. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do a couple of pop categories and uh, anything else we want to talk about. But uh, some there's one that really stands out in this one. So best pop solo performance, my favorite. Uh, Colors by Beck. Camila Havana, the live version, as you mentioned before, Trevor. God is a Woman, Ariana Grande, Joanne, Where Do You Think You're Going by Gaga, and that pop artist, Post Malone, Better Now. So can we, can we talk about what an embarrassing category this is? I so mean, what's missing? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even so much about what's missing as what's there to me. I mean, I, I think I'm actually not upset about the Post Malone nomination. I mean, that was a pop radio mega hit uh, and certainly one of the, the – Probably one of the biggest pop songs of the year, most yeah. people would agree. And much uh, popular than other songs. Sure. Yes. Uh, Ariana, 
totally deserving. Uh, that wouldn't be my song of choice, but you know, it was a big. It was a big song. It, it feels like a Grammy song. That's fine. You would have put no tears. Instead? I'd put no tears. Yeah, okay. uh, or breathing, breathing also would have been fine. Is it, is it lyrically? You think that made the the God is a woman? Yeah, maybe. A, uh, and, and it had a couple kind of high profile performances that were pretty good and a great video. And uh, you know, it, it, it feels timely, and that's fine. Uh, Beck should not be in this category. Uh, Colors, it's an okay song. I, I'm, I'm not huge on late 2010s Beck in general. I think it's a, it's a little soulless. Uh, you know, he should. I mean, the, the, fact, the fact that they're promoting him to pop, I think it just kind of shows how little cachet the rock categories have at this point. Yeah. Saw the same thing last year with Imagine Dragons and Portugal the Man. Uh, but at least those were legitimate pop hits. I, I don't think Colors cracked the Hot 100. I'd be surprised if it cracked pop songs. That's not really a pop radio song, even though it is a, a fairly poppy song. But Beck Beck's had his time. He doesn't need to be in this category. Uh, Joanne, where do you think you're going uh, from the Joanne album that was released in late 2016? I guess it's like a slight remix or maybe a live version. I don't, I don't even remember. Uh, that song is not a notable Lady Gaga song. I mean, it, it, it is for her, I'm sure. Cap just is on the heels of the, the shallow stars. Warmer yeah, and, 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 and maybe get another one. Yeah, and I guess you can, that, that's not eligible to, due to being a duet. But uh, Lady Gaga didn't need to be here for this. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's not a song that had any impact in any meaningful way in 2018. Uh, that album is is now almost three years old. It's, it's embarrassing that it's in here. And Havana Live, look, we've seen it before. Uh, hey Soul Sister, I think won a Grammy one year as a live version. We had the, the, the Sam Smith Dark Child version of Stay With Me. This is, this is sort of a, a common theme for the Grammys throughout the years is, is finding these sort of technicalities that allow you to nominate the songs you want to nominate, even though they're not really eligible uh, by strict rules. And Havana should have been nominated for last year, I guess, but it, it was probably a, a pretty new song at that point. And it's a, I don't know why they can't just sort of carry it over. Uh, I, I, I guess by strict release date, it was, it was for last year, but I think everyone sort of agreed that it was a definitive song for this year and, and, and very late 2017. Uh, but doing the, the, sh- the kind of chicanery where you just slot in a live version that nobody's familiar with, it's, 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 it's really embarrassing, I think. It's, it, it's, it's a black mark on the Grammys. There are other Camilla songs that would have been, I mean, never be the same. That was an enormous pop song. That's a song that a lot of people liked. That would have been a, a totally reasonable nominee. Uh, any number of other songs off that album were, were were perfectly strong songs. If you had to have a Camille song on there, but doing this Havana live business, it, it just makes everybody look foolish. I think. Did uh, Paul? You know this? Did Adele? Did Adele win for "Set Fire to the Rain"? Was that a live version too, or was that the studio? Yes, and Pharrell Pharrell Williams won for "Happy" for a live version. Yes, yeah, I don't think the belated. voters uh, and uh, Hey the Hey uh, Soul Sister uh, record won in uh, pop duo group. I don't think voters pay attention to whether it's a live version or the studio version. They see the title that they like and and put their check mark there. Um, so it's not like they're specifically voting for the live version of Havana. Most of them probably have never heard it. They're just saying, "Boy, that was a great record." Yeah, but some some people. It was. Are... I think you you just said it was entered last year for record of the year and a year ago, record of the year and. Uh, probably pop duo or group and so it wasn't eligible this year and uh, as a technicality they found a live version that they could put nominate in the pop solo performance category it seems like a thing that could be very easily legislated out of the grammys i'm not i'm not, I'm not sure why we have to have these keep popping up every year or two where it's you know it, it's it's so you would say the rule would be if if no. any version of the song has previously been eligible, unless you're talking about like best remix recording or something, I don't see why we have to have multiple years worth of of, of, the, of these songs getting nominated or, or being put up for nomination. Uh, 
And I'm sure there, there's well, other examples that kind of complicate it a little bit. Maybe like a popular remix of a song that's what, just. What about like, like a Kelly Clarkson piece by piece? Like the idol. It's like the idol version is is noticeably different than yeah, that's what the than what the studio recording was. It, yeah, and maybe it's just more of a point of of, of really differentiating the, the 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 new version from the old version, but. I, I don't know what the easy way to do that part of it is. And in, in the meantime, I think we've we, we demonstrated time and time again that voters can't be trusted with these things. So I, I would say just, just just get rid of it entirely. And, and talking about emissions, uh, the only one that – I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a million. The one that really stands out to me, uh, Taylor Swift's Delicate, would have seemed like a slam dunk for this category. Yes. Uh, mm, yes. And, yeah. and, you know, there, there's reasons why Reputation wasn't nominated for Album of the Year. It's justifiable. I think I think it was, a, it was still a pretty strong album, and considering that she's won the award twice, I would, I, I, by Grammy standards, I think that was a deserving nominee, if not necessarily a deserving winner. But okay, Taylor Swift had her moment in the award show sun, and, and it's it's time to kind of make room for new blood. That's fine for her not to be nominated even in best, best pop solo performance. That that just seems like a almost an outright snub uh, rather than just a. I think we should maybe point out that uh, the pop and all the genre awards are a uh, voter uh, controlled. The big four awards that we we've done: song, record, album, and new artist are decided. The final decisions are made by a committee that mm-hmm. overrules the voters and does what it wants to do, for the most part. <laughs> but like, in like pop, uh, yeah. that this is what the voters wanted. This is this is what you get when you don't. Uh, review voters um, uh, desires and it's interesting in this category there are only two of these were honest to god pop hits as they stand god is a woman and better now Mm -hmm. Uh, one's a live version of a smash and then two that the nominations for beck and lady gaga i think just show how the esteem that the voters have for those artists it makes beck look pretty strong in the alternative category and it reminds us how strong gaga is going to be in song and record uh for shallow um they went out of their way to nominate beck and gaga in this category if they had they didn't have to they you know it just shows how how much they like You Havana Live wins. Havana Live will win. Really? I, I see. I would yeah. bet that. I mean, I assume that Ariana's, Ariana's momentum is only increased. You know, in in just all things, really, commercially, culturally, since these nominations came out. I mean, thank you. Next, obviously, blew the roof off. Basically, anything she's done in such a long time. It felt. It feels like with with Sweetener not getting the album of the year nomination and people concerned about that. I guess for me, it harkens back to last year when Ed Sheeran missed out on all the big nominations and people at least seem to rectify that by giving him pop vocal album and pop solo performance so it f- I-, I thought ariana would benefit from that momentum but you guys think that camila just is it based on the strength of the single itself or is it on, on snubs or or why why havana for me it's based on the success of the single i think of havana you know the the hit version with young thug had been up for record uh, it would it would be the winner. I I, I think it, it's very strong, and 
voters won't distinguish between the studio version and a live version. They'll just see Camilla Havana and say, loved it, and hit their check mark. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and God is a Woman, while, while being an acclaimed song and in a decent-sized pop hit, it just wasn't that kind of inescapable sort of you know, radio-conquering song the way Havana was. Havana was one of the, legitimately one of the five or six biggest pop hits of the year. You know, while Ariana, you know, her name carries more weight than Camila's does, probably still, uh, I don't know if that song is going to be big enough to, to take down Havana live. <laughs> oh, uh, well, no. did you disagree, Trevor? Well, no, I just, I, I really thought Ariana was going to be the one, and now, I mean, especially now that Paul's disagreeing, I'm like nervous. Oh, I'm I like, see how it is, Trevor. Yeah, when like, I say it, I was just, it's just a trifle. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I can it. fight yeah. with you. Right, yeah. Um, one other, one other category, and I kind of mentioned Ed Sheeran before. Um, just for my own knowledge, and maybe people out there who are wondering, because it feels like perfect is a song that is very Grammy geared. It's, I mean, whether it's uh, could have been a songwriting award, could be a vocal performance award. Uh, is the song just was it just not eligible in terms of the year because it was released too early and and made that 2017 cutoff instead of the 2018 cutoff because it was a hit at the same time that Havana was. So I'm just trying to. I mean, Paul, you probably would know the timeline best, but is that just that, or did did voters just not? want Ed Sheeran this Perfect year. was eligible for record of the year. The uh, the billing on it was Ed and Beyonce. It was the duet recording. And that was eligible for record and the committee just didn't go with it. I think they're nervous about uh, you know another British pop star uh, taking the award. I thought Beyonce's present on it, presence on it would more than counteract that. And I, I was surprised it wasn't nominated for a record. Also, wow. It wasn't eligible. It wasn't entered for a song of the year. I don't think it was eligible because it was on an album that won pop vocal album last year. Uh, but it wasn't on the entry list for a song of the year. It's obviously, you know, a standard type song that may be done many times over the years, which is the often the characteristic of winning song of the year winners. Uh, I guess we, I guess if you're only gonna be, or if you get to be that one British pop star, what a what a great <laughs> time to be Adele in your life that you've you conquered all yes. the lanes. Listen for the best. My reputation's never been worse, so you must like me for me. We can't make any promises now, can we, babe? But you can make me dream. Let's do uh, one more category, Best Pop Vocal Album, with uh, some of these names we've been talking about. Uh, Camila, Camila Cabello, Meaning of Life, Kelly Clarkson, Sweetener, Ariana Grande, Shawn Mendes, Self-Titled, uh, Pink, Beautiful Trauma, and Taylor Swift, Reputation. Uh, you were just, uh, it was you, saying, uh, Andrew, a moment ago that uh, Taylor is there... Is it kind of success yeah. in the past work against her? I, I don't know if it's a if it's a hangover from 2016 or if it's just that you know reputation, the kind of narrative shifted against her in the, the lead up to that album, uh, and she she seems to have a little bit more of a contentious relationship with award shows in general now, uh, and you know, she's getting snubbed in the VMAs and she's getting snubbed in the Grammys, and it, it, it's it's hard to. It's hard to know exactly where she stands with voters now, but I, th- I think maybe there's sort of a tense, sort of a sense that she's had her turn, and that maybe it's time for, to, to you know next one up. And it, and interestingly, it does seem like uh, Camila is, is sort of winning a lot of the awards that Taylor used to, and you know they went on tour together. And it, in, my, in my personal opinion, Camila sort of mastered the uh, like the surprise face that, that Taylor was infamous for a decade ago, <laughs> uh, and she does does the whole thing like, oh, I can't believe we won, like I, I'm so honored just to be nominated, and I can't believe you recognize me, and, and my fans, and, and like all that. Like she she's she's learned from the master clearly. 
Uh, yes. and, and so I, I think she's she's the logical successor in this category too. But uh, Ariana certainly uh, the Sweetener album was so massive, and and obviously uh, as we talked about a huge snub for for album of the year. That I would say it's sort of a coin flip between the two of them, and I would probably lean towards Ariana just because she sort of has uh, you know history on her side. She's never won a Grammy, which is which seems incredible to think about now. So I I, I would put her as the front runner here, but Camila wouldn't surprise me. And I I also don't don't rule out Pink, who who has sort of taken that that leap into kind of a not not a career artist because she's obviously been that for a long time, but she's she's sort of. She, she she she's she's kind of one of the the elders now, and and she's she's rec- I feel I feel like she's more recognized now for that for her consistency and how long she's been around, and she's she's built herself up into one of the premier touring attractions. And even though this album wasn't really a, a hugely notable album for her commercially or critically, you know, it was a very personal album. There there's certainly uh, you know it certainly got a pretty good response from her fans. Uh, if you're looking for sort of an outsider to, to or sort of sort of a, a long shot in this category, I think she's the one. Yeah, with with Ariana, does uh, as weird as it sounds, uh, does Sweetener feel uh, sort of uh, forgotten at this point? Because Thank You Next came along. Would it almost feel a little bit dated, even though we're only talking a few months? There are probably lazy Grammy voters who assume Thank You Next is the third single from the album and, and, mm-hmm, yeah. and think, boy, this album keeps churning out hits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was number one all through the voting period, and I, I think that works to Ariana's advantage. I agree. She's the front runner here with Camilla and Pink mm-hmm. also very much in the hunt. Um, Pink's fourth nomination in the category. If she loses again, she becomes the artist with the most nominations without ever having won. So I'm sure she, you know, I don't know if you if that's consolation or uh, even more bad news. But uh, Paul, you bring up a good point. Actually, I think people think that the voting window goes up until you know the week before or whatnot. Yes. Like in the same way that the Oscars and Golden Globes have a very short turnaround. Um, and as you mentioned with the past tense verb, uh, the voting period has already ended, right? Oh, yes. They take a full month to count the votes, and I think they need to change that and uh, follow the Oscars lead. Oscar voting extends until five days before the telecast, um, which gives you fresher information. Um the uh, the Grammys are presenting old news as if it's new news. It's not really how their voters felt right now. It's how they felt a month ago. And so late-breaking hits, uh, you know, a performance on, on some other television show, it should, it should extend to much closer to the telecast date. So, so it's current news, not old news. One other question. I'll just move beyond... Uh... I think we hit a lot of the big uh, categories. Uh, are we excited about Alicia Keys? Most? I'm, I'm excited for yes. the unpredictability yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, I am sort of shocked that they went with her. You know, they usually kind of go with with you know hosts that aren't going to be very exciting. Yeah, LL Cool J. Yeah, well, LL Cool J is you know his 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 days of upsetting the apple cart I think are pretty far behind him at this point. You know, he's there to plug his show and just kind of keep the line moving. Uh, Alicia Keys, she, she, she'll go off book, and I'm, I'm very curious to see what kind of energy she brings to this. Yeah, I think she'll do a good job. She's smart, and she's a recording artist. I like it. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm curious, I guess, about the tone, because when somebody, when somebody told me that she was hosting, I thought to myself, has Alicia Keys ever cracked a joke in her life? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in a mean way, but I, I've never, you know, that's not her, seems to be her personality or whatnot, so I'm not sure if that's an effort to 
to change the tone of the show and that it'll be, you know, sort of a more uh, serious, more more active, more relatable kind of show. Uh, if it's going to be sort of a softball entertainment, because I guess in a sense that, you know, I think when James Franco and Hathaway hosted the Oscars, like, you know, that's <laughs> felt like a good idea mm-hmm. on paper, fun, young, sort of relatable. Yeah. And that kind of went haywire in, in, a, in a while. I hope Alicia Keys isn't out there doing skits and those kind of things. I, you know, I, I, I don't can't. think it's going to be like that. But I don't think the Grammys really, like, I don't think Alec Cool J did a ton of that either. Really. No, I mean, I guess Corden brought that kind of energy with it. Yeah. And obviously, that's, that's, that's very much his trademark. But I mean, I, I guess to what Paul said a, a while ago, or maybe even last week, um, Year of the Woman being a thing, mm-hmm. Alicia Keys is a great representative of that. But with 15 time Grammy winner, obviously, um, even at Billboard's Women in Music, she was really plugging. Um, a lot of her initiatives to bring up the next generation of, of not just performers, but songwriters and producers. And if that's the tone that the Grammys are going to move into, then, yeah, I think she's a good example um, and a great representative for that kind of thing. And, and she's going to be a sort of person that calls it like it, calls it like she sees it. So I, I, I could see her commenting on a couple of the award winners. Oh, I was going to uh, say, yeah, if if, 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 if things go south yeah. there, it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting choice. And I look forward to seeing how it plays out. What about you, Gary? I feel like she's... Uh She's the Grammys choice that just totally represents this is what we want for mm-hmm. the Academy. So it's it's not maybe so much uh, is she going to be the most entertaining host? I feel like it's kind of she represents what we're about, music education, uh, yeah. artistry, writing. And uh, also uh, after uh, Neil Portnoy's comments last year, to have a woman hosting. And a young, I mean, a youngish black woman. Yeah. Too, yeah. Uh, and the other thing, too, we've been talking about nothing but uh, nominations, but uh, I think the Grammys re- really care about this show being mostly about the performances. So as much as we've been talking, who's going to win? I feel like uh, the whole show itself is mostly who's performing. Sean Mendes has performed at every award show this year, and it's always been one or two songs. And I, I look forward to this album cycle being done with. Not, no, no offense to Sean Mendes. I mean, I'll be interested to see what Cardi does because mm-hmm. I know I know they did uh, they did I like it I think with the American Music Awards yeah and that that was kind of like a level up performance for her that was by far her most like you know elaborately staged and intricate performance yeah and it was, I think it was probably the highlight of the show yeah I, I wonder I mean with with the song being up for the big awards if they'll recycle that or if they'll try to use that as leverage into the new album cycle um, maybe money and some mm-hmm. new song or something I'll tell you what whatever they're gonna do take the an- amount of performances and cut it by thirty percent. There's yeah. always too many performances too many at the Grammys. Awards, I feel yeah. like it. Do you yeah. want more awards? Is that... I mean, either I'll take a shorter show, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I think yeah, I, I think I think I think at least and I know they try to do at least one award per, per um, genre category over the course of the evening. But yeah, at some point it feels like there's always you know they spread them out so far apart, and at the end they got to do five in five minutes. And I just I mean. Maybe if they know the same person's going to win multiple times, that kind of can influence that decision. But, you know, it's a Grammy Award. They don't know who's going to win, but they can, you know, they sit around like we're doing and they give it their best guess. Sure. And the, the real question for me is, uh, do we get a Gaga and Bradley Cooper shallow or are they saving that for the Oscars? Bradley Cooper, I think, is going to be in London for the BAFTAs, which are the same night as the Grammys. Oh, so he, he's made his choice. In I that would assume then. Gaga will represent the movie at the Grammys, and he'll represent the movie at the BAFTA Awards. Paul has all the awards oh, show <laughs> intel. Um, okay, and Paul, we we didn't ask. Is there anybody that you're looking forward to in particular taking the Grammy stage? Well, all those people who've been mentioned. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to, and and they usually save the big guns for you know, subsequent announcements. So, one thing I think we should point out is the Oscars have committed to having a three-hour show this year. 
they they were going to tighten it up and and we'll see if they can stick to that promise mm. and keep it at three hours. The Grammys made no such commitment, so they'll be three and a half hours uh, or more. They've been as many as long as four hours. I, I assume this one will be right around three and a half. And another thing I want to say is Alicia Keys is a Best New Artist winner. Yep. Uh, yes, last week we pointed out that a, a fair number of Best New Artists winners' careers went south after their wins. Not all. Maroon 5 and others have had terrific careers. But she is one of the ones who who had great has had great longevity and, and now winds up as a Grammy host. Yeah, well, no matter what happens, I'm sure we'll be, uh, or the world at large, we'll be criticizing whatever happens. That's the safest bet of them all, certainly. Yeah. 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 That, that's my pick. I think they go into that knowing no matter what you do, you're going to get criticized. Yeah. So just, in yeah. fact, you if you go into entertainment, that's going to be your fate. So, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. uh, Paul, thank you so much as always. Enjoy the Grammys, Andrew. Uh, oh, it's been real. Yeah. All right, so that covers the big four categories for sure. It feels like even we were not able to arrive at a at a clean consensus of who's going to win. But I guess in a weird way, that makes it more fun. You know, it feels like some years when you you just kind of know who's going to win because they have all the, the, the momentum, the sweeping. It feels like, uh, OK, we're just going to watch a coronation. This one feels like, you know, everyone's going to be on the edge of their seat. And I'm not not expecting some shockers. All right. So uh, next week after the Grammys, uh, yeah, we'll enjoy uh, watching them uh, this Sunday night. We're going to talk Grammys again uh, next week. We'll bring Andrew back to see how right or wrong we were and uh, some of the surprises, some of the highlights. And uh, a lot of the tributes. One thing that I think is understated. I'm very, very curious who's going to do that Aretha Franklin tribute because that's something you got to bring. You got to bring it. You got to get somebody who can who can do justice. And uh, luckily, that list hasn't leaked yet, but. I know all eyes will be watching on who is going to uh, have the honor, but also the the weight of paying tribute to the queen. All right. Uh, wrapping things up here on the Sharpie podcast this week. Recently, I uh, talked to Tiffany. Uh, we did a couple episodes where we uh, looked back at the top 10 in uh, 1987. We had Debbie Gibson. We had Tiffany on. So recently chatted with Tiffany about her new album, Pieces of Me. And uh, we started also uh, talking about some of her past hits. And it uh, turns out that uh, it was this week, 30 years ago, she was peaking on the Billboard Hot 100 with her fourth top 10 all this time. And uh, we, we got into the backstory of that song. Uh, it's all about pizza. So... She, uh, she's going to tell us that the way to record a song and make your vocals sound really good, want a little extra rasp in it. Well, two things. Uh, eat pizza and record it in the middle of the night, uh, woken up from, from sleeping. You'll have re- a lot of rasp, but maybe we should do the podcast this way. I was going to say, that sounds like I need to cut an album tonight. That's my, that's my routine. Uh, so uh, George Tobin produced the song. Uh, the song's writers, she's still close to, uh, she says, which makes it uh, the song mean even more to her in some ways. So uh, pizza and no sleep. That's the key. Tiffany uh, taking us out, talking about all this time on the Billboard Sharpie podcast. Someday you 
songs on the first couple albums were recorded in the middle of the night. Um, after pizza, actually, to get that good rest in my throat. I've always had that, to be honest with you. You know, and that was another thing that we did. Um, they would wake me up, I'd fall asleep on the studio couch, and they'd wake me up a lot of times to do the vocals. Um, two, three, four in the morning. And so that's what you heard on some of the records, you know, with me being awake and still sleeping in my, in my head, you know? Um, and, and, and just having that groggy kind of voice a little bit. But I think there's a, again, there was a, there was a magic that we created on those records. I mean, naturally I can tap into it. Um, I don't have to be awoken to sing that song and to have that grit, but, um, you know, it, it was just a way that George wanted to approach the song. A lot of times they were, you know, back then that was like, they had to do a bunch of stuff and studio things and it took time to like put everything into place. And I literally would fall asleep because I went to school during the day. <laughs> right. So by 11 o'clock I'd be tired and I'd fall asleep on the couch and wait for everybody to do their guitar solos or whatever else they had to do. And then I would wake up and do my vocals in like the middle of the night. And all the time was one of those songs. It really is one of my favorite songs. Um, I sing it all the time in my shows. And I think more than anything, Tim James and Steve McClintock, to grow up and still have them in my life as an adult and to be a fellow songwriter now and then understand that and, again, celebrate myself as, as a songwriter. I'm one of them. It's been, it's been really great because I was just a 14-year-old girl, you know, given these amazing songs. Uh, who would have thought, again, 30 years later, They'd be my friends. We'd be hanging out, having dinner, having glasses of wine, talking shop. Um, and I'm very proud. I'm very proud that I kept it going. I'm very proud to have those songs as my as my, as a part of me. Um, and proud to know them still. You know, they've they've really inspired me to be a great songwriter because they are. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.